sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Oh, yeah. It's that time. Welcome in. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM, channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Over the course of the next hour, we're going to get to talk to Rob Fino. I haven't talked to Rob on this show since, like, September. He's a regular guest. He's a regular contributor. I don't know why I have him on in so long, but I've got him on today. And we're going to talk NBA start to finish. All-Star Weekend, if we get involved. Some of the teams we're looking to bet on and bet against. Coming out of the break, sides, totals, props, etc., etc. How we evaluate line moves, how we're looking to uh, deal with some of the totals issues, some of the whatever. It's a broad discussion with Ravino. You guys will get it. It's not uh, anything that is not on par with what we normally do here on Cover It with Teddy Cover. We're going to break down the world of the NBA, even on a weekend where we're in the midst of the all-star break. But before we get into Rob, we got to talk about some of the stuff that happened this week. It was Valentine's Day uh, this week. And one thing that stood out to me, <laughs> of course, I was out and about. It's what I do. I'm, I'm a married man, but my wife lets me. Uh, well, we were out in the casino. <laughs> so they're so walking around the sports book. And there's really, it stood out to me like a sore thumb. The three types of betters that you find on Valentine's Day. All right. They're the single guys. And they're not worried about pleasing anybody else. It's just a normal night, just making bets and watching games. You know, and when I was out on the strip uh, with my wife, that's who was in the sports books. <laughs> you know, the single guys hanging out, watching hoops on Valentine's Day, which is fine. But I don't know, you know, that's what I used to do before, before I was married. Now I'm married, so you have to pay attention to your wife. And look, there's the guys whose wives and girlfriends either don't know or aren't into sports betting. And those are the guys who are having the toughest time on Valentine's Day. They really are. You know, the old surreptitiously checking your score <laughs> when she gets up to go to the bathroom, making bets uh, when she's turning away, that whole sort of thing. That's not your optimal scenario. All right. And then the married guys, dating guys whose wives slash girlfriends get it. And my wife's in that category. I'm lucky. Um, I'm allowed to check my scores during dinner. I'm allowed to stop by the book before and or after if I need to because my wife knows that's what I do and she appreciates it and accepts the fact that because I bet on sports, that's how we get to go out for Valentine's dinners and the like. If you're into betting on sports when it comes to significant others, find a significant other that likes it or can deal with it. There's a reason that Ariel Epstein or Kelly in Vegas or Megan Payton or whoever keeps on getting marriage proposals from random strangers. You know, um, women that bet on sports are unique. There are not that many of them, certainly not at a professional level. But women who will accept your betting on sports, they're out there. <laughs> if you're in a scenario, in a relationship, where your sports betting is coming into conflict with your significant other, sometimes you got to choose one or the other. Sometimes the significant other is not the one who wins that battle. And look, one thing about this job is very real. All right, it is grueling. All right, even if it's a hobby, it's grueling. College basketball season, NBA season, you don't get a whole lot of days off. 
You don't get weekends. You work at night, even on vacation. Lots of guys watching games and handicapping every day. And not a lot of guys, you know, it's not easy to take a whole lot of vacations when you're betting on this stuff. Football season over. March Madness on deck, which is another grueling three week stretch. It's a natural downtime of the year. It's a chance to breathe for a day or two. So I got married, NBA All Star break, for a reason. Just after the Super Bowl, I had a chance to take a little break, have my anniversary, take a day or two, and get up for the next grueling stretch. But what happened? I mean, I literally, I thought I had it perfect. Super Bowl ends, NBA goes on All-Star break, I get a little break with my wife. And then what happens? The NFL went to a seven-game, 17-game season, which pushed the Super Bowl back a week, which pushed the NBA All-Star game back a week, <laughs> which means that my play that I literally, I got married that weekend specifically for sports. I chose the date of my wedding for sports betting reasons. And oops, you know, you don't get that now because of that 17-week NFL season. So what do you do? You have to create it. You know, you have to take a little bit of time. And I'm going to take a couple days early next week, probably Monday and Tuesday while NBA is still down. I'll spend a little bit of time with the wife. We'll keep her happy. This business of betting on sports. Look, you can do it every day of the year. You really can. You have to find ways to take breaks when you need them. There's a normal ebb and flow, whether it's a season, whether it's all the seasons together. When they naturally occur, take advantage of these opportunities. There's still plenty of college hoops. Had a great college hoops show yesterday with Jake Overhand uh, talking about some of the teams he's looking to bet on and against and some of the strategies that you have at this stage of the campaign. But... This is the time right here where you got to spend a little bit of time with the wife. Keep her happy. Got to spend a little bit of time with the kid. Keep him happy because March is just around the corner. The breaks don't come all the time. And sometimes it's fast and furious in the sports betting world. It really is. It's going to be again in just a couple of weeks. When it comes to March Madness, look, conference tournament week is busier than the first week of the NCAA tournament. And the first week of the NCAA tournament is insane because the NIT is going on and all the other minor tournaments are going on too. You're digging for info. It takes a ton of time. If you need to, don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Take a breath. Take a couple days off. Go do something else. Get yourself rested and ready because the real season for basketball is just around the corner. Rob Vino coming up next when coverage continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So it's a very different show. When I'm talking to a guy that uh, that I'm just meeting, like yesterday's show when I did with uh, Jake Overhand, a guy that I, I don't really know very well, and you're going to have a different flow on a show like that than the show we're going to have today. Nothing against Jake. I love talking to him yesterday. Really interesting discussion. But when you get a chance to talk sports with your friends, <laughs> like Rob Vino, who a guy I've known for more than 20 years, a guy who I genuinely like, <laughs> and a guy who I'm always interested in what his opinion is, Sometimes the discussion is a little bit more free-flowing. So, Rob, don't mean to hype you up, but I like you. You're a good guy. Welcome to the program. Hey, great to be here, Teddy. I can reciprocate everything you just said to me. Um, obviously, we've been around the block for a long time here. I even have written in my notes for the show, 31st year 
of uh, being in this handicapping industry. So, uh, yeah, known you forever. And obviously, when I go to Las Vegas, the first guy I contact is you. So that'll tell you, um, you know, the amount that I like and appreciate you as well. Well, it tells me that I got stuff to do when people come into town. It's a big pain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Rob's in town. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, that's a, so I lived in Michigan for a decade before I moved to Las Vegas. And the first year I was in Vegas, I saw more people came to visit me than the 10 years I lived in Michigan. Something about this town. You know, people come here. It doesn't work so much uh, when you're talking about uh, living in the Great Lakes State. So let me ask you this, Rob. It's obviously it's All-Star Weekend uh, for the NBA. I don't get involved at all. Do you do anything for the All-Star Weekend? Do you get involved in any of the contests or the three-point shooting or the slam dunk or the game itself? Or is this a chance for you to exhale a little bit and, and gear up for the second half? Yeah, I think recreationally I do, Teddy. And I think that began, you know, with my two boys. Um, we would watch it and – you know, pick players and, you know, you're betting recreational money. I still do that where three-point contest is concerned. It's just like home run derby or anything um, at the end of the Major League Baseball All-Star break. I will say this. There were a couple instances where I actually bet bet on All-Star weekend. And the one that I think was the best for me was – and these, these events are ever-evolving, right? So now it doesn't apply anymore. But there was an instance – a few years back where they would have this rising stars game be rookies against sophomores. And they yep. would actually attach totals to these games. And you, you just blindly bet over for, you know, you, obviously limits are limits, but you have multiple accounts. You get as much down as you can. And it was good to me, but now we're talking about a game where, you know, the target is 40 and who the heck knows who's going to get the 41st. So that, that goes out the window. It becomes mostly a recreational event. So, they call it the halfway point of the NBA season, the first half, second half, but it's really two-thirds of the season's in the books already. A lot of teams, like teams have between 20 and 25 games left. Uh, so it's really two-thirds of the season is in the books already. So I'm going to ask, how was your first half, knowing full well that it's how was your first two-thirds? <laughs> but uh, I think you've been running pretty good of late, haven't you? Yeah, the college game especially, but I will say this, and I'll divide this in half for you. <clears throat> If I'm talking about pre-flop bets before the game starts, it has not been good. If I'm talking about the ability to turn what's not been good into a two-thirds of the season profit, it's in-game, Teddy. NBA, and in-game is the same with, you have advantages in every sport, but I feel like the advantages in NBA in-game betting are such that, you know, each and every night you have to, no matter what you're doing, sit with your apps in front of you and check scores and be able to bail out of what could be bad plays or enhance what are good plays. I think the invention of in-game betting has really, really, um, this year in particular, helped me in the NBA um, to be able to, as far as accounts are concerned, be profitable. But trying to sift through um, for an entire season, uh, betting games before they start hasn't been – and it's been a weird season, Teddy. I'll have to admit it's one of these where – I don't know that I've experienced one like this before, but um, again, in game's been really, really good. Yeah, and that's and and I think more than any other sport, I don't know about any other sport of the major sports that I follow, I think NBA is the best one to bet in game because you're always catching a team 
that's down 20, you're getting them plus 12.5 for the game, and it should be plus 4.5, and, and they're going to make a run. I mean, it's just night after night, it's the same strategy within game. You bet on the team whose coach just called the kind timeout and disgust after the other team just went on the 12 nothing run. And it works. I mean, is there is there more to it than that? There's no more to it than that. And the same goes for the total. A, a game that maybe was steamed during the day before the game started that comes out and everybody's half asleep and they don't score and the algorithm pushes the game down, down, down. You just bet over and. Like you say, I mean, it's, and I kind of laughingly have used the term over the years in a lot of instances, legalized stealing. It almost feels like legalized stealing some nights <laughs> when you sit here, but you have to have the patience to do it. Um, you can't just make your bets and then drop everything and, you know, go watch four hours of, I don't know, uh, stars trying to become Navy SEALs. I don't know. You have to stick with it, and it becomes profitable. So I'm thankful to odds makers for giving us in-game betting, especially NBA-wise. I gotta ask you, do you remember, there used to be a show, it was back from when you lived in Vegas, you know, so it's mm-hmm. well, more than 20 years ago, but they used to come on Saturday mornings and the guy was like, it's like stealing, Vern, it's like stealing, we got locks over here. Do you know the show I'm talking about? <laughs> I probably do, it's not coming to the top of my head, uh. though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are no I don't locks. want to sound like that, though. Believe me, I don't want to sound like the hypsters <laughs> used to sound when we first came to town, Teddy, because that was out of control. Yeah, yeah, sure. The, uh, you know, the call, the call our 900 number. We got, a, we got a lock for you. There are no locks in the world. Let me ask you this. I'll tell you who my favorite team in the NBA has been. Certainly the last couple of months, my favorite team has been the Orlando okay. Magic. You know, mm-hmm. they started out 5-20. and 20. They were completely written off. The betting markets have ignored them. And all Orlando has done is just win and win and cover and win and cover. Orlando off a loss has been fantastic. Orlando off a win has been good. This Magic team has made me, they're absolutely my favorite team in the NBA right now. Do you have a favorite team that you've backed again and again that keeps on cashing for you? You know how they're going to play. You know, you know, when you find a team like that, it's, it's my mind, it's worth its weight in gold. You got one? Yeah, um, for me, it's been Oklahoma City. Uh, yep. And probably for the same reasons, Teddy, you've got young teams with depth that give you 48 minutes. And when we're um, betting games, uh, one of the first things we're looking for is somebody that's going to give us a full 48 minutes because in the NBA, you certainly don't get it. And maybe I'm exaggerating when I say OKC gives you that, but it feels like they give you that. And if they don't give you that, they're giving you 44 out of 48. So they've been by far the most profitable for me. Early season, it was Sacramento. Sacramento because I was quick to to see it and got out in front of it. Um, Sacramento may be a team we'll talk a little bit later about what I think they're going to do the remainder of the year. I think the least kind team to me all season long, the one I've had the most difficulty figuring, whether it be side or total, has been the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I can't get on the right side of that team no matter what I do. Yeah, the Pelicans, I mean, they had that ugly stretch when everybody was hurt and they couldn't beat anyone. But of late, even without Zion, they've been a pretty good point spread team, a pretty good team straight up as well, and a team that uh, certainly has issues. Uh, yeah, I mean, New Orleans is your least favorite team. Any other team stand out to you as like, yeah, I've struggled to get a read on this squad. I keep, a, I keep on betting on them and against them, and, 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 and it just when you find a team like that, you just leave them alone, you know, don't you? Well, I've left Miami alone, and I'll say this. Um, if I'm looking at teams that have <clears throat> mechanically led me to profit 
if I shorten up the game, it's been fading the Pacers in the first quarter. It's literally been a cash-making machine, and it's betting the Wizards over in the first quarter. Um, Wizards over first quarter has been very, very good as well. So, you know, a lot of shortening up of the game there with those two plays, but they've become a part of my daily routine. Looking fine, those two plays, Pacers first quarter fade, Wizards over the total first quarter. And that makes a ton of sense because the markets don't adjust. So when a team gets a stra- uh, you know, a, a, a style of play, Indiana gets off to slow starts, the markets might adjust by a half point over a month. Take advantage, Rob Vino says. Fade Pacers first quarter. More coming up. Cover it continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. One of the things we like to do here on the SportsGrid Radio Network, we're not only talking to professional bettors. There's a lot of wise guys listening to this station. But there are plenty of recreational bettors, plenty of intermediate uh, intermediate level betters, guys who are still honing their crafts. They're tuning in on a day in, day out basis. We appreciate that audience, and I like to cater in particular to that audience. Um, so, with Rob Vino at Rob Vino Sports on Twitter, how do you break down an NBA card? The very first night of the year, the first night after the because the first night after the All Star break is not a true good example because you already have a year's worth of data, but at the same time, you don't <laughs> because. Here we are after the break. So talk about what you're going to do the very first day after the All-Star break when it comes to breaking down the NBA card. Do you expect exactly what you've seen? Is it Do we bet what we think that we know about these teams? Or is this kind of a reset time post-All-Star break that maybe we want to be betting on the come a little bit, taking some teams we thought were going to be better than they are or betting against some teams that have overachieved early? Talk about that first stretch right out of the All-Star break. How do you break down a card? Yeah, well, let's let's go to that, Teddy, in theory. Um, and it's a pretty good theory to follow. The first thing you have to realize is that these last 24, 25 games, it, it becomes an arms race, right, for playoff seeding. Um, we just talked about Orlando and Oklahoma City being favorites of ours because they play hard each and every night. But these teams that are just, you know, let's just get to the playoffs and then we'll worry about playing hard then. Those teams are now going to be in all-out mode the last 24, 25 games. So your better teams in actuality should give you better efforts after the All-Star break. So I will look at that. I'll look at the standings each and every day as far as conference standings are concerned. I'll look at the importance. Um, I think back-to-backs might become a thing here because certainly rest schedule and scheduling as a handicapping angle hasn't really come into play as much as it generally does this year. But I think all of the stuff that we use um, in conversation and as handicapping angles probably comes to fruition here, especially the intensity of the games and the desire to win. Let's leave it at that. The desire to win for good teams um, magnifies now after the All-Star break. When I look at the card, though, you know, I'm a guy who bets totals, so I'm always looking at totals first. Probably narrow it down to games that I think can get over the total. Then I'm looking for situations. I I will look at scheduling spots now. Obviously, after the break here, I think they're important. Always looking for bounce-back efforts. The the injury situation, you know, the injury situation, Teddy, we probably don't have a ton of time to go through this, but – 
we both know that the injuries in the NBA and the injury list being what it is, this season has provided profits for the shorthanded team far more than the team with the upper hand, right? It seems like the team with the upper hand has not had interest. I don't know that that continues after the All-Star break is over. Current form heading in, I think, counts a little bit. I don't think, you know, no team playing really well wants to have this long of a break. Um, but I do think teams that headed in strong do have a locker room confidence, so to speak, when they come out the other side. So I'll look at them, too. Those are some of the things that I'll look for. Now, what about line moves? You know, when it comes to a night-in, night-out basis, do you worry about the market moving with you or against you? Do you worry about sharp, square type of stuff, consensus numbers? I mean, is that a piece of the puzzle? Certainly, I know you're not a guy that's going to get on a game after it's already moved three points against you, you know? But when you look at the line moves early on, when you look at the consensus numbers or the uh, who do the Joes like or the pros like, does any of that stuff move the needle for you or not even? In the NBA, because the NBA line moves, I think we see it on a day-in, day-out basis, they're basically injury moves is all yep. they are. Somebody gets wind of somebody being injured and a line moves. I don't know how much of the NBA is actual, you know, sharp line moves. It's just wait and see who's hurt, go and move the line, move the total. And I think that, as I mentioned earlier, where point spread is concerned, you've been able to take advantage of that by just being contrarian. Um, you and I do a segment on a show that we do together um, during the week where, you know, one of the particular segments is contrarian play of the day, and it just seems to win all the time. I will tell you the truth, Teddy, when there's injuries involved in a game that pushes a total down, I will look maybe to play that game over, go against the grain. But I'm not really worried in the NBA about <clears throat> these line moves because I feel like I know where they originate and where they come from. And, you know, they're just betting injuries in the NBA. Yep. So that's not a concern to me at all. And I'll tell you something that I'm not concerned about at all. I'm not concerned when a superstar sits. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. when a superstar sits, all of a sudden, the rest of the team has 20 or 25 extra shots they get to play with. And the opposing team, as you mentioned, is like, oh, whoever's not playing. Oh, Jason Tatum's not playing tonight. Yeah, the Bucks found a way to win in overtime, <laughs> but they didn't sniff the point spread cover after the line moved six points with Tatum and Brown sitting out. You know, and that's not unique or unusual in the NBA season. In my mind, it's the the star players are the ones who are probably the most overvalued in the process. Um, consensus stuff I don't worry about in the NBA really at all. Uh, not a lot. Although when you start to get in the 75-80% ranges, sometimes it's never going to put me on a game. When I see everybody likes the same side that I like, so what was the game before the All-Star break? Oh, the, when the Hawks went to Charlotte, everybody liked Atlanta in that game. I had Atlanta on my short list. I'm like, this is just too popular of a road favorite. They closed, I think, minus five and a half and minus six, and then uh, Charlotte scored 144 on them uh, and won the game. So occasionally I will be like, yeah, this is just too public of a play. But in general, I don't worry about the consensus numbers. I really don't. Right. Um, not a lot. Now, you said you're a totals guy more than sides. I'm more of a sides guy than totals. And so tell me why you like this totals better. And when you're betting totals, is that a natural transition to betting more of these props? You know, Teddy, I, I won't bore you with the backstory, but this goes back a ways to mid-2000s when you and I were both um, members at Sports Memo, handicappers at Sports Memo. And I, I was approached to 
you know, focus more on totals um, because they didn't really have a guy doing that. I, I wasn't really a totals player up until that time, but since then, it's what I think I see clearer at this point, maybe because I had to change my focus then, 2004, 2005, um, back, back, and that's almost 20 years now. Geez, I talk like it's yesterday, but I think that's where it began. I think I do see them clearer. Um, I just have, have a more natural, and, and you know, as a better, everybody's got a feel for something. And, and nowadays with the advent of player props, and as I mentioned earlier, first quarter, first half, all these extra plays that we can make, everybody's got a feel for something, and they kind of stick in their lane. For me, totals kind of is my lane. It doesn't mean I ignore sides because I do like to look at situations um, where side plays are concerned, and I will bet them. I think that uh, I- I've begun to dive a little bit more into player props this season. I don't know if that's been helpful for me or not. Maybe it's too much to concentrate on but I don't get involved in those every single day. Um, There's certain things that I'll notice that I'll play. For instance, Nikola Vucevic has been a guy that I've been on um, PRA for the most part the last three and a half weeks, just because Billy Donovan came out and said he's going to run his offense through his center now. And so I I took that at face value and it wound up paying off. But, um, you know, for the most part, I just feel like totals pop out to me off the page. Like I said to you earlier, I won't. I don't play every total, but I do prefer to play over in modern day sports. Um, and I'll probably narrow the card down to what I think can get over the total. I don't care if it's going to get over by a half a point or a hundred points. That doesn't matter to me too much. And I'll narrow it down to the few that I think can get over and then go from there. So, Rob, here we are. So it's All Star Break weekend, and this is a natural chance to exhale for a minute. You know, Super Bowl's gone. <laughs> March Madness is on to, on deck. And, and it feels like this you know, latter stage of February is almost like the dead time or a quieter time. Do you ever take a day off during the season? Do you ever do anything? Or is it just balls to the wall straight through for Rob Vino? And, uh, it's, it's funny you say that because a, a clown like me takes on the XFL, right? I immediately dive <laughs> right into XFL and you know, go ahead and bet that. But I will say this, Teddy. I do take a couple more days off now than I used to. Um, my kids used to ask me, you know, do you ever take a day off? And I used to tell them, well, yeah, there's kind of a day off after um, the uh, Major League Baseball, during yeah. the Major League Baseball All-Star break. But other than that, <laughs> there really isn't one. I will now, between, you know, late May, early June, early August, I think if I'm going to take them, I'll take them then. You know, if they, 20, 15, 20 years ago, I didn't have a son that was in a band. So if my son's playing locally, I'll take that entire day off and, you know, go see him play and stuff like that. Um, I pay for it the night before because you're up till 4.30 in the morning yep. doing the work so you can take that day <laughs> off. So that's, that's the problem on the other end. But, yeah, yeah summertime I like to do a little bit more now if I can. Um, last year I probably took more. My, my youngest got married, so I took a trip to Kansas City during May, which I would have never done in the past. But I delegate a little more. I found that data input that I've done for years. I got a guy to help me out now. So, you know, it, it's evolving a little bit, but we still work. Listen, you know me well enough. If you have the need to text message me at 1030 Pacific time at night, you're probably 90% going to get a return test at that time of night because you know I'm here in the office. Uh, sharp money on the over 90%. <laughs> uh, 
for, uh, from uh, Rob Bino, a guy who burns them in. And that's one thing that I'll tell you what. You know, uh, I talk about whether it's better to live Vegas, East Coast, Vegas, East Coast, however you want to do it. When it comes to lifestyle, you don't have to stay up till 2 in the morning for the late games in Vegas. That, to right. me, has probably saved my marriage. We've got much more with Rob Vino coming up. We're going to talk about bet on teams, bet against teams, over teams, under teams, right out of the break. Teams we can make money with. Stay tuned. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're on your TV. We're on your radio. We're on your phone. Go to Twitter and give us a follow at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV, at SportsGrid Radio, and stay on the grid everywhere you go. Again, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV, at SportsGrid Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore cover. Uh, Teddy underscore covers. I think I can pronounce my own name. Uh, although the real name is Savransky, but no one calls me that these days. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. Teddy underscore covers on Twitter. And, of course, that's not true. My mom still calls me Savransky, uh, as does the rest of my family. But... In the sports betting world, they call me Teddy Covers. You can follow Rob Vino, who gave me the nickname Teddy Covers, and I thank him for it to this day, at Rob Vino Sports on Twitter. And Rob, again, thank you. For <laughs> My first website was called twocovers.com. Rob was having a conversation uh, with a former colleague of ours. And he said, ah, what about that Teddy Covers guy? And it just stuck, and I appreciate it to this day, Rob. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be of assistance, Teddy. I mean, who'd have thought things happen in the strangest places at the strangest times? Um, but, yeah, we were all at a dinner together, and that's exactly how that came about. So I'm glad it's paid off for you. And like you say, that's how far we go back together. Um, it's been a while since then. Yeah, yeah, when I was still branding as Ted Zeransky. And, of course, uh, I've got that service mark now. Uh, so if anyone else uses Teddy Covers, I can sue them. Uh, there we go. So. If you're out there thinking, you know, I do have a, I don't have a trademark, it's service marked, and that was a pain in the butt too, but it's done. So uh, you can call yourself Ted D Covers. <laughs> you know, you can't call yourself Teddy Covers, T D D Y Covers, because I got that service mark. Rob, let's talk some actionable info. We've talked some theory for a couple of segments. Now let's talk about right here, coming out of the All Star break. Give me a bet on team from the East. Who can we make money with? down the stretch of this NBA season? The first thing I'll say, Teddy, is I'll thank you for this question because this question led to about two and a half hours worth of work, and it led to future bets that I wouldn't have made otherwise. So thank Sweet. you for asking the question. It forced me <laughs> to go ahead and, and open the wallet. Um, I'll tell you what, on the east side, there was a lot to choose from. I, I like Washington, T.C. I love the way they're playing. They're 10-4 and four against the spread last 14, 4-1 four and one last 5. Um, and they've been winning a lot as an underdog straight up. In the last seven times they've been an underdog, they've won five of those straight up. Um, and they're chasing home floor advantage in a play-in series here. They're only half a game behind Atlanta. It's just the chemistry looks real good there. I didn't know how this Porzingis thing would work out. Kuzma, Beal, they've got plenty of scoring. They seem to like each other. So Washington, to me, is a play on. I had a choice 
You know, I, I said it was a hard decision. I also added Cleveland to that list. I will leave you with that. I think Cleveland's probably a good play on. They head into the break 6-2 and two against the spread this month and shooting really well, over 50%. Fourth easiest remaining schedule of Eastern Conference teams. So uh, the second easiest among Eastern Conference teams. Uh, so I think that Cleveland probably gets there. But I considered for this segment Orlando, the Knicks, Brooklyn, all teams that I think possibly could have nice final 25 games. So let's talk about each one of them individually because I'm with you on Washington. In fact, you asked me right now who is the single most underrated player in the NBA. I might give you Kyle Kuzma as that guy. I really might. Um, you know, I, guess, I mean, when he's in or out, the markets don't move. <laughs> the Withers are a lot better with him on the floor. Um now, let me ask you about Cleveland in particular. You talked about the fact they have the fourth easiest schedule remaining, which means they're going to be laying points in a bunch of games. Do you like the Cavs better in the we're laying points role, or do you like them better in the, hey, we're stepping up in class and maybe catching points role? I'd say the only team I don't like them against, Teddy, in what seems to be a horrible matchup, and again, we'll have to look at seedings down the stretch because I don't know if Cleveland will purposely avoid somebody. But they just don't fare well against Philadelphia. I think they'd rather take their shot with Milwaukee or Boston. But Philly just becomes, even though they've got the length, it seems like Joel Embiid, and it happened again the other night. Philly had such a huge lead. Cleveland tried to come from behind, but they couldn't. The last two years, each time I've seen this matchup, um, it's bad. But they do get 10 home games, uh, 11 on the road. Home has been like a like Fort Knox for them. They protect it really, really well. And I do think that they'll go out there. Their shooting is really what pushed me over the edge because their shooting has been over 50%, as I mentioned, in, uh, in five of the last six games. So I kind of like them, um, but not far behind the other three. Like I say, Brooklyn, New York, and Orlando, you could build a really good case for as well. Because Orlando, believe it or not, Orlando might have their eye on the playoffs. And the teams ahead of them, and we're going to talk about them right now, might not care to make the playoffs. Sure. I mean, I'm with you on Orlando, and certainly the Nets stand out to me as a team. They've lost all their stars. The market's devaluing the Nets. That roster's loaded right now. They might have the better roster now than they did at the start of the season. Agree? I do. I do. And we know they're going to play. These guys will give effort, um, you know, which we didn't know was always the case with the other groups. So, yeah, I'm totally with you. They played some really good games leading up. They did get blown out by the Knicks. The problem I have with them is the compensation in the point spread, yeah, I would like a little bit more than what I'm seeing out of the odds makers, but still I think Brooklyn's going to be a thorn in people's sides, and maybe we'll get them undervalued down the stretch. Yeah, I think they're a team we can make money with, much like Orlando, and I certainly wouldn't talk you out of the young, energetic New York Knickerbockers. What about a bet against team from the East or another? <laughs> or two. Well, let, yeah, let, let's start with Atlanta, Teddy. I mean, I, I, Atlanta to me just seems to have no interest in anything except themselves. It's been the same locker room for two years. They've been trying to trade John Collins, who doesn't like who Trey Young, who doesn't like his head coach, who doesn't like who who knows who. But the chemistry's not good, and they have the third toughest remaining schedule in the NBA, the second toughest among Eastern Conference teams, if you're just going by win percentage up to this point. Um, I don't think Atlanta has shown any signs of really having a desire to play hard and get in. They go through flashes or spurts where they play well, but then they come right out of that and play just as miserable 
the other way. So I don't like them, and I would build the same case against Chicago. At Chicago, same locker room chemistry problems. They've been trying to unload Zach Levine, who's a great player, but apparently doesn't like DeMar DeRozan. And Billy Donovan can't get through to anybody, so who knows what's going on there. 0-6 against the spread. Last six games heading into the break. That's not a good indicator for me. And to tell you the truth, where they sit right now, I'm not sure they care all that much. They might want ping-pong balls more than a play-in spot, which, again, may open the door for this Orlando team if they really want it. And the, uh, the youth and enthusiasm of Orlando would suggest that maybe they do. I want to find something to argue with you about, Rob. I can't argue with you as fading Atlanta or Chicago. I'm with you. They're probably my number one. Chicago's my number one fade <laughs> coming out of the All-Star break. It's not close. I'm going to fade them every game until proven otherwise. And Atlanta's not far behind. It's it's more than just Trey Young and John Collins. You know, I thought Sadiq Bay might help them, but I think it's Nate McMillan. They're, they have not. They're not buying what McMillan is selling at this stage. And if Atlanta is going to change their stripes, it's going to come with a new head coach, not with a very old one. Let's shift our focus to the West. We got gosh, we're running out of time already, dude. We got five minutes left. Give me a bet on <laughs> team or two, or bet against team or two. Or if you want to talk totals, you can do that now as well. I know you did a bunch of prep for this, and of course, we're not going to have enough time to get all the stuff you prepped. So that's just the nature of the business, Rob. Let's get the important stuff out, Teddy, and that's the teams. I would say bet on teams down the stretch out of the West. Um, Clippers have a really difficult schedule, but I still like them. I think the Clippers are going to be dynamite down the stretch. That game last night in Phoenix, Kevin Durantless, I understand, but I think the Clippers are going to be really good. Um, they'll be priced that way, but I still think they'll be good. And the team that plays in their building, I have to tell you, I think the Lakers are going to be profitable. They, they haven't really shown much up until now, but they're going to be fully healthy coming out. 25th weakest schedule uh, down the stretch. So I think the Lakers and the Clippers, both L.A. teams, probably worth a look here. I would bet against Sacramento. I think they overachieved first half, and I think they've got a little bit of a bullseye painted on them right now where they sit in the standings. I think teams will be coming for them, teams that weren't actually taking them serious first, you know, 57 games or so, take them serious now. And they have the fourth toughest schedule in the NBA down the stretch. going to be tough. And, and fade the Spurs. Uh, Greg Popovich, finally, we heard from Greg Popovich acting angry about his team, talking about how they don't want to play defense. I mean, there's a zillion reasons why they can't play defense, including the fact that, their one through nine rotation is different every single night when you go through their box scores. But I wouldn't be playing on the Spurs. I'd be fading them. Totals teams real quick. I do like the Jazz as an over team. Rest of the way out, there's not a defender in that starting five. I think Oklahoma City, because they're centerless, they don't have rim protection. And because they push pace against everybody, they'll remain a good total team as far as over is concerned. And if you're looking at unders, I'm going to lean toward Minnesota, as an underplay, just a couple of things I see here with them. And then the Clippers' defense is going to ratchet up, so maybe the Clippers are a good under team as well. So there you go. Bet on Clippers-Lakers, bet against Kings and Spurs, over the total with Utah and Oklahoma City, under the total with the Chiefs and Clippers. So I took a shot with the Spurs the other night in Charlotte, thinking that Charlotte can't be laying seven to anyone. And they can't, and they still beat the Spurs by 10, uh, <laughs> which, which speaks volumes about what, uh, uh, what kind of defense San Antonio playing right now. 
And once again, I'm going to agree with you a thousand percent. And I'm kind of bored with agreeing with you. I don't know that any team got more better at the trade deadline than the Lakers. The Lakers dealt everyone that was kind of holding them back and brought in a bunch of young, energetic guys who can play. They only got one guy on the roster over 30 now. <laughs> you know? Uh, let's mm-hmm. LeBron and AD. You know, everything else is young and talented. I think the Lakers got way better. And the Clippers, they might well be the team to beat in the Western Conference. It's them or Denver. I'm not sold on Memphis as being able to win a seven-game series against either one of those two squads. And, of course, the totals you talked about, Jazz over, OKC over, nothing's changed. (laughs) The pace is there and the effort's there for both those teams. And when the effort's there, that means they push pace and they score points. They don't get stops. The T-Wolves under, that's a sneaky one. Talk to me about that one real quick, Rob. Yeah, you know, something I noticed about a month ago, T-Wolves were involved in a game last minute, came down to a couple of defensive stops and on their sidelines. Uh, Anthony Edwards was out of the game for, or no, it wasn't Anthony Edwards, it was somebody else, uh, maybe Carl Anthony Towns, but waving a towel, urging the defense on, I thought to myself, wow, that's new for Minnesota. They went on a string of unders. They head into the break with some overs here. I think maybe they were looking at the all-star break rather than a lot of focus on the floor, but I haven't seen a lot of NBA teams um, that excited to play defense for stretches. So I'm going to take my shot that Minnesota might be a little bit overpriced. If last night, or excuse me, if the last game they played against Washington is any indication, 235 total, 220 final score, then maybe I'm onto something. Sure. And Chris Finch, not a guy who's going to leave defense on the sidelines forever in Minnesota. Rob, only got 30 seconds left, my friend. There's no free play for you to give. It's All-Star Weekend. Promote yourself. Where can people find you? Really quick, you can find all my work over at wagertalk.com. If you're not currently a member, I would suggest doing so. All it takes is your email address. You'll get access to the media content uh, that we do each and every day, analyzing games, every sport involved. Once again, that's wagertalk.com. Selection packages on my part are available there as well. Once again, wagertalk.com. If you want to find me on Twitter, pretty easy, at Rob Vino Sports. Great stuff, Rob. Thanks so much. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we're here in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers. If you missed any portion of today's program, if you want to go back and listen to yesterday's college basketball show with Jake Overhand, or last week's Super Bowl shows, or last year's NBA preview show, or any show I've ever done, <laughs> download the podcast version. It's easy. It's simple. You can consume at your convenience. Just search Cover It or Cover It with Teddy Covers wherever you download your podcasts. Give a click, get the bell, you'll get it every time they come up, and you can download and consume at your convenience. This show and every show I've ever done for the Sports Grid Radio Network. I encourage you, download that podcast version. Thank you. This is not a day where I can give you guys a free NBA pick to close out the show. I don't have a strong opinion on the All-Star Game. In fact, I have no opinion on the All-Star Game. Good luck if you decide to bet it. It's not really in my wheelhouse. What I wanted to do to close out today's show was talk about a couple of teams that I think will be bet on and bet against after the All-Star break. And Rob Vino just gave literally, I read four teams 
<laughs> two bet odds, two bet against. Rob Vino gave us three of the four already. When it comes to bet against, boy, the Atlanta Hawks, that team chemistry for Atlanta, it looks dicier by the night. And if they get off to an iffy start after the break, they may be well be fade only post-All-Star break. I think Atlanta, there's upside for that team, but there's a more downside than upside. The Hawks, very high on my list of bet against teams, as are the Chicago Bulls. The chemistry's not working there. They've got a max deal with Zach Levine, and Zach Levine's not playing max deal worthy these days. Bulls, their chemistry, you watch them on the floor, I don't think they like each other very much. They're a bet against team. Orlando, team chemistry has been through the roof all year. Hasn't changed. 5-20 and 20 start. They've been undervalued ever since. And the last team we're going to talk about, the Dallas Mavericks. A bet on all the wise guys I know hate them. They don't like Kyrie and Luka. I wouldn't be surprised if that combination works a little better than people think it's going to. Dallas could offer some value down the stretch. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the games. Best of luck. Cover will be back next week.